This week, yet another decision was made not to charge police officers involved in the killing of another unarmed black man experiencing a mental health crisis. Daniel Prude. This spring, a pilot mental health initiative will launch in three police precincts in Harlem, which together accounted for over 7,400 mental health-related 911 calls last year. Yet given recent cases of law enforcement escalating mental health crises, it remains to be seen whether communities of color will be willing to use this service once it's launched. Don Kamen is a psychologist and former police academy instructor. He's now a director of the Institute for Police, Mental Health, and Community Collaboration in New York. I asked him if he thinks the program is a step in the right direction. I, I think it's great. I will say that I, I think that we need a police response to some calls. And those are situations where there are concerns about dangerousness and or illegal behavior. But the majority of those calls, those mental health calls, are not about that. And they don't require a police presence. Uh, simply put, a mental health crisis deserves a mental health response. As we know so far, um, this program would involve uh, people would call in and um, two EMTs and one social worker would arrive on the scene. In terms of your experience, would these measures of de-escalation strategies work? Well, obviously, it's, it's hard to know in advance. However, I, I will say that certainly having mental health uh, clinicians, a social worker, um, certainly is, um, I think, the, the right approach. Sometimes... Even before an officer has a chance to say or do anything, their mere presence can escalate a situation through no fault of the, of the police officer. So if we think about replacing police officers with clinicians, I think that makes a whole lot of sense. Your comment on um, police uh, potentially escalating a situation is so timely given um, the recent announcement of a grand jury choosing not to indict the Rochester Police Department after the homicide of Daniel Prude. Given that so many communities of color have a distrust of police when it comes to uh, mental health emergencies, um, what can be done to make sure that uh, communities of color use this service if it's available? I think simply education around the service exists, that it's a non-police alternative uh, to respond, to support, to help to de-escalate and refer individuals who are in crisis, I would hope um, wouldn't be met with much, if any, resistance at all. You've personally led efforts to develop crisis intervention, both in your time as a police academy instructor and at various levels in New York State. Could you talk about efforts that could be taken to um, ensure that these de-escalation strategies are taught, whether to the current people that would be involved in this mental health pilot program or in the future for police if it was a situation where they were needed. So there's a variety of different, I think, training um, approaches. Now, what we do with the in our police training, um, we have, uh, you know, a lot of didactics uh, around mental illness and ways to communicate and de-escalate. But more importantly than the didactics is the scenario training or the role playing that we do. Uh, it's one thing for people to be sitting in a, uh, a class and, and listening and having some discussion. It's a little bit different when you take that kind of that newfound knowledge to sort of apply to skill-based uh, scenarios. And so we do a lot of that when we get to training police officers. Don Kamen, the director of the Institute for Police, Mental Health, and Community Calibration, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure.